0: It's time for the IHSA Safety Podcast. All right. So here we are at Episode 17 of this podcast series. I'm back here with David Steinshifter and Peter Smith, who we've had on some of our previous episodes already. And we're going to take this time to talk through the process and what you would expect as you're going into your core 2020 audit submission, and what's really happening behind the scenes with uh, your audit review. Some of this stuff applies no matter what stage of the process you're in, but our real focus in discussing the process this time is what the experience would be for someone going through their certification process for the very first time. As someone who was an internal auditor for a general contractor um, some years ago, I won't admit how many, but some years ago, I know that there's this rush to submit your your internal audit and, um, you know, there's a lot to it and, and it's an intense period of time. And then when you hit send on an email, there's this certain degree of, you know, anticlimactic waiting that goes on where, you know, it can be a little bit unsettling or stressful if you're not sure what's happening behind the scenes while the IHSA has it. So we're hoping that this can be a put your mind at ease type episode to talk you through, you know, where you should expect to hear from us, what you should expect to hear, and and what that process really looks like once you've hit send on your audit submission. So, Um, What I'm going to do first is just have our guests introduce themselves real quickly. Uh, David Steinshifter, could you tell us what your role is?
1: Sure thing, Martin. Thank you. Uh, David Steinshifter, Manager of Strategic Programs, uh, responsible for CORE at IHSA. Uh, Started with uh, IHSA back in 2012. Had a few different roles since then. Uh, Started out with safety groups, did some uh, work with CORE at the initial outset for a few years. I did some QA uh, specifically with working at Heights when that was a kickoff and came back to the CORE department around 2017.
0: Excellent. And then I also have Peter Smith here. Could you tell us a little bit about your role?
2: Sure. Uh, Peter Smith, one of the lead auditors with the CORE department, Essentially, what I do is uh, oversee the uh, network of associate auditors who perform our third-party uh, third core audits for us. Uh, prior to that, I was a consultant trainer with IHSA. That was my first stop. But uh, now I've moved on to the core department and uh, moved to the lead auditor role.
0: Excellent. And I'm Marn Gamble. I'm a core consultant with the IHSA former internal auditor, current IHSA core consultants. Um, And that basically means my my contact with your certification process is in doing the reviews of your internal audit submission. So you're going to hear from each of us in the context of those roles. So the person I need to talk to first is David to talk about what happens before it would arrive at either myself or Peter, um, but after you've hit send on your email.
1: All right. So after you hit send on your email, which is going to court, I just say, uh, hopefully you've had a look at the website. We've talked a lot about that early on in our podcast. One of the things that's required when you're submitting is we are now asking for prepayment. So there's an online form that you fill out so that you prepay when your audit gets so you can either submit your audit and then pay or we do recommend prepay pretty much the same time that you're submitting your audit uh, because your audit uh, and keep it in mind your audit now, of course, it's not USB and it is not uh, paper minded. It's all electronic format. So there's var- a variety of r- ways for you to get that data transferred to us. Uh, so now we've received it. Uh, it's going to go into a queue. Uh, so it is first in next out type of an idea. So we have to do it that way to make sure it's fair and equitable to everyone who is submitting to us. Uh, so when it goes into the queue, if you haven't paid yet, it gets held. So anyone that would come in with a prepayment and submission would jump right into the queue. So that's that's also why we're we're uh, just making sure you don't forget that step, so that you can get right in and get the process moving for you. So once that's all received and it goes and it goes into the queue, the very first thing that's going to happen is it's going to go through a pre-assessment. So, as it comes up, one of our customer service representatives that's specially trained for reviewing and doing these pre-assessments, uh, we'll do it. We'll go carry out the pre our pre-assessment process, uh, and that is outlined in another podcast. And it determines the completion of the submission. So, if anything's missing, anything's forgotten, uh, maybe something didn't come through for whatever reason on the data transfer. Uh, that's where they'll they'll be able to get back to you and uh, and you. Between the two of you, you can iron out what any uh, deficiencies may be there to ensure that it continues moving through the queue process.
0: Awesome. Thank you for that. Uh, question for you. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm the internal auditor and I've hit send, during those pieces of the process, do I expect any communication from the IHSA?
1: You will, re- you will get an email stating that it was received. And if there's any issues, uh, uh, say, for example, uh, we'll pick on the prepayment wasn't done. You'll be informed that it was received and it's being held until payment is made. And and you can get information then on to how to do the prepayment. If it's been uh, received and uh, prepayment has been made, it'll be stated, it'll go into into the queue and be pre-assessed.
0: Okay. So I'm a nervous auditor. Mm -hmm. Uh, How long do I wait? And I didn't get an email back yet. And I'm really worried about it. How long would I wait before I contact CORE?
1: I would say 24 to 36 hours. So a day, day and a half, just to make sure uh, for whatever reason, maybe our system is glutted because we do get a lot of submissions Mm -hmm. that could occur. Uh, So you just want to make sure, you know, give, give it a little bit of time uh, because like everyone, there, there are uh, multiple items on our plate. Uh, But if you're, if you're that concerned, uh, 24 or 36 hours reach out reach out to court just say, and just say i'm doing a checkup i did a submission at this time on this date uh, i just wanted to make absolutely sure that it was received and uh, you will get a response back from us for sure because we do understand that it's uh there's a lot of work went into this and when you send it off into the ether mm-hmm. it's it can be a little concerning mm-hmm. so uh, we get it and we do hear those calls weekly
0: and does it doesn't bother the auditor
1: does it bother the auditor that receives it?
0: No, to get, yeah, to get that call. Uh, not really, no.
1: I mean, it's it's one of those items that we understand it. Uh, for the most part, we've been involved in this for a long time. Uh, like yourself, you were on the other side of it uh, previously. <laughs> Indeed. So, so you understand the, you know, we do get that there is, uh, there's always timelines involved. Uh, there's a lot of work that went into it and so we understand it. Um it is a process once it gets to us that we're going to hear about here momentarily about the time that it can take uh to work its way through the system. Uh and that's if everything is working perfectly. If there's anything that it has to go back for, of course that that lengthens up the time. So uh to our previous podcasts, you know, uh check, double check, triple check, hit send.
0: Beautiful. And and as you know, I said, does it bother the auditor? Just because I, I, I've heard that before. Where they say I don't want to bother the auditor and then they're gonna score me. No. But <laughs> <laughs> but as as one of the core consultants who does those reviews, uh it's never it's never a problem. Those those are easy emails to answer and it, it buys you a lot of peace of mind. Um and it's it's not a big bother. Um as David said, you know, you can wait that that period of time, but then if it's bothering you and you haven't heard from us, by all means check in.
1: Absolutely. We wanna make this as uh Easy and as smooth as possible for everyone.
0: From there, from pre-assessment. So now if you've heard from our customer service team and they've uh, let you know that your pre-assessment was successful, you know, whether there was a conversation about adding a few things in or making a few adjustments or not. uh, At that stage, it's equally successful. um, And it all comes forward to a core consultant, such as myself, for a detailed review. So there's a team of, David, how many core consultants do we have right now?
1: Oh, we're pushing 10.
0: Whoa. <laughs> that worked through these?
1: That's, well, that's everyone, including our lead auditors like Pete here.
0: Ah, uh, okay, okay. Um, so it'll come to one of us uh, to to take a look at, to do the detailed review. At this point, because you've finished the pre-assessment, we're going to have confidence that it is, you know, complete and sort of sound. Uh, From an administrative standpoint. And we're going to look at now the the content specifically. So this is the stage where we're going to start looking at, you know, quality of submission and has the question truly been answered and really trying to verify your scoring um, when you audited your own. So we're just giving a review of your audit to give you feedback on, you know, alignment with the question and that kind of thing. This is done in the order of the queue. So in the same way that David mentioned, the pre-assessments are processed in order of the queue, uh, so are the detailed reviews. The only exception to that would be that if your audit got delayed during the pre-assessment due to, you know, some back and forth and that kind of thing, that might, um, that might change the order slightly, uh, in terms of that. But barring any, you know, major sort of back and forth, it's, it's definitely an order of the queue in and out. Um, The results of that detailed review, when we have them ready, they will be to you within 60 days of when your submission was fully received. So 60 days of your queue date, essentially, the date that we have both the payment and the submission. Uh, It is important to note, though, that on occasion, when we get high volumes of submissions, uh, this can impact our timelines. Under sort of normal submission volumes, the 60-day timeline works quite well, but on occasion we get an influx of submissions that will, will push those timelines out, and unfortunately it's it's out of our control at that time, and and you may see it goes longer. Um, David, I think it's fair to say that if if the submission has been with us for more than 60 days, that's another point that an auditor could check in and just see absolutely. what the status is.
1: No, absolutely, and, in, and that, that way there we can let them know exactly what is going on, why there may be even have been a delay. And as Martin stated, it is the only time we really have delays is high volume because uh, we only have a finite number of individuals to do the reviews.
0: Perfect. Uh, I also wanted to make a note in this podcast, something I've, I've had conversations with uh, um, internal auditors and maybe some confusion around as well uh, in terms of their submission. So one of the ways you can submit data through online data transfer is is including expiry dates on that that data transfer. So it's it's something for you to know that we don't tend to download your submission to, um, you know, IHSA's server, and then move it around internally between our staff from that download. It's sort of our process to make sure that we're working directly from your submission so that we're not risking introducing any additional errors or technology problems into it. So we really want, um, you know, each person who touches it along the way, whether it be the person who receives it, the person who pre-assesses it, or the person who does the detailed review, we want each of them to work from the original source. Because this could happen over a period of 60 days and be three separate touch points, do expect that if you have an expiry date on it that you might have different people reaching out at different points in time to request you you resend with the new expiry date um, because the previous submission has expired. This isn't necessarily a problem. It's just you'll you will um, expect to see that extra communication to receive access. When your review is complete, uh, you will be offered a debrief from your core consultant. And this is really intended to go through the findings with you and make sure that you understand the findings, what your sort of next steps need to be for moving forward in your audit, and how the, how the questions were scored and where the intent may not have been met. This is really, really important for understanding your audit results. We do provide a A report to you, but it's a summary report where the debrief allows you to have a conversation with the person who actually looked at it and to get the context for what they're saying in that that review summary. These are usually about an hour long, so they're not a major time commitment, but in that hour, we can really cover the necessary information to get you more confidently moving forward. For most people, uh, moving forward looks like a corrective action plan. So within 90 days of receiving those results from your core consultant, what you're going to do is want to put together a corrective action plan that addresses the things that didn't meet the audit thresholds. So 65% in each element uh, and sub-element, 80% overall, and any legislative questions all need to have a positive result. Uh, If any of them didn't in your original review, then those are the items that need to appear on your corrective action plan. The corrective action plan does not need to include evidence at this point. It just needs to be your plan identifying the right items to ensure that you're going to close those items in a suitable timeline to move forward to external audit. This is going to go to the consultant who did your review. So if it was me doing your review and I had the debrief with you, then you'd be following up directly to me with your corrective action plan so that I can take a look at it. Once you've submitted your corrective action plan, uh, we take a look. And if you have identified all the correct items and included things like who's responsible and specific target dates for those items then I'm gonna be able to say, okay, looks ready, and you can proceed to your external audit and book that. It's important to bear in mind that audit external audits should be done within six months of receiving your audit results. So those target timelines that you put on your corrective action plan for the necessary items really do need to fall within that six months. If there's other items you want to work on more long-term, they don't need to fall in that six months because you won't need to have them closed off before the external, but do pay specific attention to making sure that the necessary items to meet the thresholds are covered. We do, if there's any issues with your action plan, we will provide you some feedback on that. Uh, We don't evaluate how successful we think those corrective actions are going to be. That's really up to you. It is your program. You're the one who sees it. What we're looking at is really just making sure that you know the areas that need to be worked on. And then we get to hand it over to the external audit process to really validate whether those were the correct actions to take or not. Um, And as we would sort of hand it over to the external auditor to to follow up on those corrective actions, I'm also going to hand it over to Peter now to talk about the external audit process.
2: Perfect, thanks, Martin. So, as a lead auditor, kind of this is where I have the the touch point with the external audits and overseeing those uh, external associate auditors. So, when you're you're moving ahead to booking your your external audit you're going to access our list of associate auditors, approved, I just say approved associate auditors from our website. Now, this is under the external audit tab. And you know, we don't recommend you just picking the, the first name that you see, but uh, contact at least three, right? You're, you're working closely with this individual and it should be like hiring any other vendor where you want to make sure you've got a, a comfortable relationship with uh, the associate auditor you're, you're selecting, um, that they're familiar with your sector of work, Right, there, there, there's a lot of considerations there, right? So you wanna make sure you're gonna be able to uh, move that relationship forward well. So, you know, choose someone who you think you're gonna be able to work with successfully on this. Um, we also offer mentoring audits. So the last step of an associate auditor getting approved or added to our website is mentoring audits. And this, this could be up to three uh, mentoring audits, but this is where they're joined in the field by a, uh, one of the core lead auditors. And this is where we make sure that the associate auditors are meeting our requirements with regards to the external audit, uh, upkeeping the uh, the integrity of the core program. So it, it does it, it is mentoring. We do mentor the audit uh, the associate auditors as they, as they go through the process. It does end with an evaluation, right? And there there can be remedial steps for them to take, but it, it is the final steps. And we do appreciate it when organizations uh, uh, choose to move ahead with a mentoring audit because it, it it's um, it does help us move the program forward and expand on that list of associate auditors. So once you've made your selection to say this is the associate auditor I'm going to be working with, they're going to start the NFAA process, which is the notice from associate auditor. This is a form which basically covers the cost estimate as well as the audit scope and the audit scope. Um, it's going to cover the, the number of projects that are going to be visited. It's going to cover the, the number of interviews that are going to be conducted through the audit, it gives the, the timeline, start date, end date. Um, th- this is all included with that NFAA form. Pete,
0: so, just ahead. a quick question on that. Um, one of the things that clients sometimes ask me at that debrief meeting when they're planning for their external audit is, okay, what do I tell my associate auditor? when I'm, when I'm doing the audit plan, you know, do I tell them about this? Do I tell them about that? Um, you know, special ratios that were approved or special circumstances or special needs they have. Do I tell them or do I, do I keep it a secret? Uh, or what are some important things that I consider when I talk to the associate auditor? Do you have any insight into, into that question?
2: Great question. The honesty is key, right? We're going to be, this is something we work closely with the associate auditors, And they're going to be, they they want to have all that upfront information. They want to know what kind of communication you've had with, I just say, Uh, they're going to ask to see your corrective action plans. If this is, if this was a step that you had to take to move ahead to your external audit, because they're the ones who are going to be validating these things. Right. And if there's been a uh, agreement on a interview ratio, for instance, they're going to want to see what that is because it's, we have those ratios. They do cover most firms but hey not every it's not a cookie cutter formula right so it's uh, the odd firm does uh, doesn't fall directly into that and if there was a previous agreement with uh, IHSA on those uh, interview ratios they should know about that so that be open and upfront with the associate auditor right they're they're working with you and uh, the, the more information they have the better chance of the successful audit
0: what are things that might um might add considerations to a plan. Like I, I've talked to firms where maybe there's a language consideration or, or COVID protocol considerations or whatever the case may be. Um, how significant is that at the audit planning stage?
2: Oh, for sure. You you want to be very upfront with the uh, the associate auditor there. Like for any language barriers, uh, this is something where, uh, depending on the, the organization and depending on the language barrier, you may have to bring in a translator. Right. And this is something that's going to be a certified uh, translator. This would be at the organization's cost. Uh, I just say is not going to provide that or, you know, and the interviews are meant to be done one on one. So you you can't bring a supervisor along or someone else to interpret from within the organization. Yeah. Yeah, It's got to be someone who's uh, who doesn't have a stake. They don't have skin in the game on the uh, results of the audit. That's what you're looking for with regards to a translator. But the COVID protocols. Excellent. We require COVID management plans from the associate auditor that are specific to each audit. Um, but you've got your requirements. You've got uh, projects and clients who may uh, put requirements on you as well for accessing uh, uh, sites and different workplaces. You have to. Co- you should be communicating this to the associate auditor as well, so they can build that into their plans. And they have a full understanding. Um, this even even beyond COVID, it could get into specific training requirements and orientations.
0: Good point. Yeah.
2: Like some uh, some clients have uh, very in-depth orientation and training requirements to be able to access their projects. And if that is one of the projects selected to be visited, because the this is something that the associate auditor, as always, the, the auditor always selects who they interview and which uh, workplaces they visit. But if, if they've selected that project, they should be made aware of those uh, orientation and training requirements so they can make sure that they're in compliance with that. And they may, again, have to bill the organization to cover their time as they go through that. But if that's all up front and uh, everyone's aware of the the scenario right from the outset, again, it'll make for a smoother process as opposed to identifying this partway through.
0: Fair enough. So we've talked through some of our other episodes about how much we encourage uh, communication. We've mentioned it even in this episode already. Uh, Am I to understand that the associate auditor... Uh, teams are are the same way that they want to talk to their clients.
2: Oh, for sure, very helpful. Yeah, yeah, they are. Yeah, I have to say they're all safety people first. Okay, and it's,
0: okay. I mean that's good. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah <laughs> they they do have a focus on that, and uh, you know, when they're on the field, there there are the things they're going to put in the report, and there are the conversations they're going to have with you, and those conversations are um, way things you can consider to uh, improve your program over time right they 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 will always provide that um so you know they're a great resource and you've made contact with them uh use them to their full ability and i i have to say to to a person all the associate auditors and uh all external auditors should they do appreciate questions they do appreciate that uh representatives from your organization are engaged in the process and learning from them because there is a lot of that that goes on so it's not just the fact of Okay, go through an audit. I got to show them that this many sites, and then we're going to get a report at the end, and uh, hopefully we pass. You know, what? there's there is that portion of it, but there is also the the learning that goes along the way because you you do have very knowledgeable individuals coming out to your projects and, and workplaces in these cases. You know Use the resource, right? You're and it's there's a lot of gain there.
0: So when I'm not sleeping the night before my audit. Uh, that's one thing I don't have to worry about, <laughs> for,
2: for sure. For sure. And Don't get me wrong; it's uh, you know I, I can understand some trepidation. I can understand being nervous going into this. Um, yeah, the, the the cards have been played at that point. Right? You sleep you, well
0: you, after. Yeah, <laughs> well, I'm
2: sure you will because you you might have missed a couple of nights' that's sleep. Right. In it. But you, you've the management system has been put in place. It's been reviewed by IHSa. You've implemented implemented it to the best of your ability. Um, I know the associate auditors are fair. It's not the idea that uh, there's one first aid kit or one fire extinguisher that hasn't been inspected and you're going to fail because that's a legislative <laughs> question. You know, they, they see that on the first site they visit. They'll give you a chance to go back and um, and uh, you know perform that inspection and make sure it's fixed. Again, they're, they're health and safety people first. And if it's a better, if they're leaving a safer condition by having you perform that inspection, we're all better off.
0: Awesome. That's
2: good to hear. Yeah. So your external audit, there there is a timeline on the NFAA and it's it, it, it's going to t- the expectation is going to be completed within 45 days. Now so this is
0: What's the NFAA?
2: <laughs> sure. This is the notice from associate auditor. Again, it's that okay. audit scope and cost estimate but we're we're looking more at the the scope and timelines. So this is all part of that uh yes. NFAA form. So you've got dates and timelines on there and it's the the audit is expected to be completed within 45 days. This is from opening meeting to closing meeting. And it's broken down into different steps where you've got the opening meeting and, and field work, where, which is the site visits and interviews and observations. Uh, there, there's, a few di- there's time associated with that. There's report writing time. But then there's also time for, uh, I just say review, or a lead auditor review of that audit report. So once the associate auditor uh, div- creates that report following the audit, they have to provide it to, I just say, and to their assigned lead auditor, and they'll have up to uh, two weeks to review that and provide comments back to the associate auditor. So that's built built into this total 45 days. Now, if there are, uh, sometimes there's hiccups, sometimes there's some additional time provided for uh, an organization to address some deficiencies. Uh, that would be over and above the forty five days. This is the the time that it would take if everything runs smoothly from beginning of audit to the uh, last day of the audit so the the final results now this is going to be presented to to you following the review of the report from I just say i know you're you 're interested your senior management 's interested it 's going to be on a daily basis. How are we doing and i i I get that you 're being evaluated and you want to get that instant feedback um, there's generally debriefs on a daily basis, but they are more about the observations that they saw right there in the moment. They're not necessarily to with regards to the evaluation of your system. Cause that, that takes some time. The, the auditor's going to take their, when they're going through that audit process, they're collecting information and it's collecting information through interviews, documentation and observation. They have to go back and, uh, uh, work their way through that information they collected and determine how that, uh, the overall performance of the system against the requirements of the audit of the uh, audit standard so it, it, there is a bit of time that's associated with that so final results yeah you're not going to know them right away but it's going to be following uh I just say review of that uh, audit report and then the associate auditor can report that back to you so once this is done you're successful you've you've passed the audit or received the report yay yes yay, absolutely celebrate. <laughs> it's absolutely this is uh streamers and uh you know it's uh get a parade if we can but uh so you know it's a big achievement it's a feather in the cap and it should be a a a proud day for everyone in the organization because again just like we were saying earlier it's not just an evaluation of that health and safety manager or you know it's an evaluation of the entire organization and how they perform together so it's a big moment for the organization um but the I just say we'll provide that certificate. So this is not something that comes from the associate auditor. Once we complete that review of the uh, external audit report, uh, everything's successful, we've approved it, the associate auditor can provide you that report. This is where I just say we'll move ahead or the lead auditor will move ahead and uh, request that certificate. So on the certificate, you're going to have a date. This is your anniversary date. Uh, Key as you move forward, it's carved in stone until it isn't. But <laughs> if you need it to change, again, contact us at core.igsa.ca. But really, we try and stick with that. Uh, I, there's a lot of steps for an organization to change it, but there might be reasons why they do. And uh, uh, that might be a little bit beyond this podcast itself. But generally, this is a date that we're gonna that's carved in stone, and we're going to move ahead with that date. And it determines when you have to submit internal maintenance audits. And it, have, it really determines your annual cycles uh, for core touchpoints with IJSA. So, as you, when you're coming up to that anniversary date, the, the following year, you have a requirement to submit an internal maintenance audit. Uh, you've got to have that; you should have that submitted to IHSA within sixty days, sixty days prior to your anniversary date. And really, this mirrors the IHSA guideline that we're going to have that review completed within sixty days. We'd like to have that done by your anniversary date.
0: In that sense, it's it's at least 60 days. 60 days is kind of the cutoff uh, to make sure you have time. If you feel like getting that thing in earlier, we will take it earlier. It uh, is not
2: a problem. <laughs> I, you know what? Great point. Because we do like the companies to plan ahead. Yeah. Right? And it's, uh, you know, if you're planning ahead and that's into us uh, 70, 80, 90 days in advance, not a problem for us right yeah. cuz then we we know if there's any deficiencies or a gap something we have to follow up on there's time to take care of that and we're not going to you're not going to put your letter of good standing or certificate at risk at that point
0: that's right and you're still you know first in first out in the order of the queue it's not that we're going to take a look and say oh this one has plenty of time and leave you waiting absolutely not when when it comes in with its payment it enters the queue like anything else
2: for yeah. sure for sure and it's a it's a good thing to note though as well because we we do have um, there there are seasonal companies who've achieved that might've started their audit in um, October, November, and they could be in full swing at that point when you're starting your external audit. But by the time they go through this 45 days and go through the certificate generation process, this could reach into the off season for the organization. So now it's it's you want to make sure that you're planning planning your audit so you're doing it when you have representative work because you you have to include the interviews you have to include observations of all that representative work for the organization so you want to make sure that you're performing your audit at a time when you do have that work available right so yeah, just a consideration there and uh you know don't be limited by those 60 days it's something you can always add to and get it into us sooner
0: okay awesome so i think if i'm Going back through what we said in all this, the touch points that you can expect once you hit send is uh, a notice that we've received your internal submission, uh, some contact based around the pre-assessment, some information after your detailed review, which will include your reports and the offer of a debrief, conversation around your corrective action plan, assuming that's uh, the route that you're going. Most firms, that's the route that you go to external audit. Then you're going to start working with an associate auditor and um, communicate essentially through them, through the external audit process. At the conclusion of the external audit process, when you're successful, yay, that's when the IHSA is going to issue you um, your certificate that will be um, coordinated through a lead auditor at the IHSA, uh, and, and then you're certified, then you can you know sit back and, and wait till the next round, I guess. Well, no, I shouldn't even say that because there's no sitting back in a system. You got to keep that thing moving and, and work on your continual improvement for the next time. But you you will have your certificate at that point. Uh, are those the touch points that you guys would, would agree with? I'm getting thumbs up. So, yeah. you know, uh, it seems pretty good. If you feel like we've missed one of those, reach out. We always want you uh, to be getting as much sleep as possible uh, in, in, your <laughs> in your designated sleep time. So uh, with that, I'd like to just throw it back to uh, David first, if we could. Do you have one or two words or a quick uh, sentence about what's critical here with the process?
1: I think really I'm just going to go back to what we spoke about when we first started and what you just reminded everyone of. It's okay to contact us if you have any thoughts, concerns, you want to check up on anything. We're more than happy to take the call or the email and let you know where things are.
0: Wonderful.
2: Pete? Uh, and to add to that, we've also got these um, resources we're going to create and have on our website on a long-term basis, a podcast for sure. And um, you know, these are things where you can refer back to, listen to it. It's a few minutes out of your life, but it can make things easier because now you've got a, a refresher of all those touch points again, right? We've got a good understanding here, but this is our day-to-day. This is what we do. Uh, for you, you might be once a year you're involved in an internal audit and it's it, so that with that gap in time there can be some uh, items forgot some touch points forgotten so good a good opportunity to get back into the guideline go to the website check the podcasts and use the resources there
0: that's a great piece of feedback pete thank you uh thank you both for this episode perfect thanks,
2: thanks Martin. Martin.
1: IHSA Safety Podcast. For more episodes, tips, and all things safety, go to IHSASafetyPodcast.ca. Thanks for listening.